people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, But it drives me crazy when we're mixing it. Is this is the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here's your host, Derek McCaw. Hello, this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting. Let me get that date on Wednesday, June twenty fifth. So again, uh, from the fabulous Brett Cave, we're doing a summer afternoon. I like these summer afternoon podcasts. I do too. We should do it on the patio next time. Uh, Ooh, maybe next week I won't, you know, I won't have anywhere to the go. The wind chimes in the background. Can, oh, lovely. Um, anyway, we should, <laughs> it's too bad they can't last. Um, but that's what makes summer so wonderful, right? Uh, so here we are. And, uh, of course, so any news that happens after, say, 4.30 p.m. on Wednesday, June 25th, this podcast is not responsible for. Nope. But we can talk about comics news, movie news, and television news that has happened up to this point. Again, we're sort of like late this week with John Oliver. So, uh, or last week with John Oliver is the actual name, right? Uh, let me, of course, introduce my fabulous announcer who is able to announce me in tones that only the neighborhood dogs can hear. Coco must love when you announce this. All man in Los Angeles. I'm Dave Costa. And across the table, hosting, literally hosting the podcast and producing it all at the same time. I'm Rick Brett Snyder. And I almost went, and I was reminding you to, no, no, we're not done. <laughs> no. Wow. I do that in my head every time he says, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm having a long day. I put that all into the outtakes last week. It was <laughs> I'm hilarious. a long day. So we do have a little bit of comics news, and it has been a busy day, which means that uh, we're sort of playing this one man enters, three man leaves version of what's in the bag later. Uh, Rick has <laughs> Rick has chosen what would be your conceivably in our bags yes but there is actual news first um which the big thing the biggest thing and i gotta and i give props to though i haven't read all the details dc did unveil a new creator sharing pro, uh, program this week and that includes and this is the big one you know the people have been pushing for residuals for colorists so uh, actually allowing and recognizing color, which we've talked about on the podcast a little while yes. ago, yeah. about a, about coloring a comic book being an art form that it was not, admittedly, 40, 50 years ago. But now the subtlety of great coloring and even, well, you know, it's always great coloring, but, you know, the, the things that color can add to your book are, are so It's a lot more important. complex nowadays, too. And, and it's just really beautiful. I mean, why, like yeah. I said, you watch somebody... Well, Laura Allred, a perfect example over in Silver Surfer, which I kind of flash back to. Could they have done a better Doctor Who setup than they did with Silver Surfer? It no. is, it, you know, it, it's that was great. I love it. But that. you know what I like about today's coloring is when they do a flashback scene and they go to the old pixelated style. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the zipatone. The zipatone. Not pixelated, zipatone. Well, it's, it's little dots. Well, because literally, 
you'd have strips of little dots you'd put over. Right. You'd, you'd, you'd exacto in, and so... That's, well, they did that for shading, but it was still... Oh, yeah, yeah. Three-color print. You know, with, the, with the little dots, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, those days, the... What's that artist that, that ripped everybody off? Roy Lichtman? Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Is it Lichtman? Okay, somebody Lichtenstein. Yell. Lichtenstein. Yeah. Anyway, Jerkenstein. Uh, so, uh, begin. He oh. was the only one who thought of doing it. He no, but I'm saying, but he, but he, but he did take other people's panels. They were from DC Comics. He got lots of money while everybody else was like suffering. That's why yes. we have. Uh, that's why we have uh, the Hero Campbell Initiative Soup now. Not ever, never got anything from Andy Warhol either. Uh, Campbell Soup didn't need to get anything from Andy Warhol. Uh, and the problem with Lichtenstein is that a lot of people followed. Have followed suit and have been ripping off, and that's been a, and that's mm. been a big problem, uh, especially now. As much as we are probably as guilty as anyone of buying from T Fury, apparently there's a, there's another company that's been taking a lot of people's fan art and not paying them. Oh, but it's not T Fury, so I think we're still safe paying paying them. But um, you know, it's just it's just troublesome. Uh, so I would name them if I could. This just in: I just got an email from Marvel announcing something we suspected and that Rick has been ready for. Uh, Dan Abnett. Five dollar comics. Oh, we talked about that. No, no, that no. that's happening. Isn't that great? Dan Abnett is returning to writing a regular series for Marvel called Guardians Three Thousand, okay. which means he's going to be writing about the original Guardians of the Galaxy team, still set in the thirty first century. Or, you know, I was at Barnes and Noble today, and they oh, have good for you. They have at least three paperback collections of the various phases of the Guardians from the first one in the Marvel Superheroes mm-hmm. magazine. Uh, all the way through all the individual appearances in yeah. like Marvel Two and One and Avengers and Thor and all these other Fantastic Four annuals, so you can you can actually get all the prior stuff. But but that's the Guardians Three Thousand. Here's right, the thing right. is, but everybody's looking forward to a movie this summer. Well, all the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff is available too because they basically came back in the Annihilation Wave thing. Right, and for a long time, Annihilation was out of print, and that's all back into print. Okay, uh, at least the stuff for the guard that features the Guardians of the Galaxy is back in print. Okay, good. I don't know how well that reads without the rest of the stuff. Uh, that is a good challenge but, and a good um, question. Yeah, and at least they've at least got one trade out of uh, one or two trades out of the current uh, Guardian series. Oh, I've actually followed those house ads, and there are two trades available right now, and the third will be coming out in July. So there's no there's no small amount of, of support here for the movie. So that will that will catch up to Thor's sister Angela appearing yeah. in the Marvel universe. Yep. I just read that original sin last night. Yeah. What? I have a sister? sister? Yeah. Were we clamoring? Were we? I'm just glad that they didn't meet before you found that out. Oh, yeah, they haven't. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the artist on Guardians three thousand will be Gerardo Sandoval. Whose artwork looks uh, a bit like Umberto Ramos, so for them, more from that, and they just sent the cover out. But that's going to be coming. I I kind of look forward to that because I've always enjoyed them. Oh the, yeah, that original team. Uh, that's coming in October, so plenty of time for everybody to get completely, uh, you know, cool with the movie version. And it's then another area where where Marvel has always done a better job at the sci-fi comic than DC has. That they they will they will they treat the they build a future that they have respect for existing the technology they've built up for that period and they work within that it doesn't feel like a fantasy book which is I I feel the most problem with Legion of Superheroes I, most of the time I feel it's it's really inconsistently uh, done 
Well, that's because they've they've rebooted the future About several times, a dozen maybe more times. You think there's something unrealistically or unrealistic about Tommy Tomorrow no. of the Planeteers, mm-hmm. Commandy, Last Boy on Earth? Commandy was Adam Strange. Commandy was. I'll give you Commandy. Adam Strange is an uh, is an anthology book. Adam Strange from from, no. from the sixties. It's not an anthology book. It's mystery in space. Is the anthology the fe- feature? Adam Strange is not an anthology. But there was never any. There was not a consistent storyline through it. It was always episodic. It was always it was episodic. Yeah. But they still okay. I used the wrong things word. move forward. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't an anthology book, but it was episodic. They and move it, forward. Yeah. Okay. Fine. And then for a while they tried to maintain. I didn't like what they did. I think with uh, Joe Kubert or Adam, Andy Kubert drew a mini series in the eighties. Oh, they after, tried to do the after Alan Moore. See, and this is the problem is DC. They they have not been able to revise and grim and gr- you know if you give it a subtext without actually just saying boom it's all over as I noticed reading Batman Eternal where you're going to retell the entire origin of the spoiler now in the new fifty two universe yeah. and going wow that's darker and grittier and more irksome than what had originally happened organically you know so I felt a little forced there, but yeah. uh, but I'm enjoying Batman Eternal. But that's just a side note. Uh, here's good news for Nate. Um, are you ready for this, Nate? I'm ready. I got an email from uh, the people in charge of Comic Con 2014 apostrophe S 2014's Walking Dead Escape. Oh. Which will be on the 25th and 26th at Petco Park, not the entire duration of Comic Con, and I believe. If I'm reading into this correctly, I have a chance to get you into the Walking Dead escape because God <laughs> knows you want to or not. I'm not going to go. <laughs> but they are asking if we want to attend and cover the event. So I suspect this is the, the I mean, answer is yes. I know. <laughs> so it's like, you are welcome. And should you be turned, Nate, I'm not telling you where I'm staying in San Diego. So uh, that's anyway. Uh, so it is returning for what is this the fourth year of the of the Walking Dead Escape? Third, third. This is the third year. Okay, so uh, not as many days. I think the it wasn't last year. It was all four days, and but I think they're also trying to. They have to make some time for uh, unless the Padres are playing. Uh, they have to make some time for uh, Nerd HQ as well because that's where uh, Zach Levi set up Nerd HQ last year. So that should be interesting. Um. Yes, and in other Comic-Con news, uh, I have successfully received confirmation. I have ordered uh, Rick, pre-ordered him an Arkham Knight Batmobile. Oh, you did get from that? From Mattel, I did get confirmation that Excellent. I have pre-ordered Did you order that. two? I still don't know if I accidentally ordered two or not, in which case, well, I'm getting an Arkham Knight Batmobile, or I'm not, because it, did, it was like it was a big ticket item. I was like not caring much about it. Um, it looks pretty awesome. I'm sure it does, but I've got a lot of things that look, Thank you. look awesome, and I don't have a space as large as the Brett Cave. Um, by the way, that, that giant penny does look like it's about to crush you. So um, Won't be the first time. That's radio drama right for, there for you people. I, sound of theater in the mind. Drop in sound of huge penny falling on floor. Uh, uh, I challenge you for that sound effect. <laughs> I'm, I give you a chance to be creative. And... Uh, Yes, and so, uh, but the but the Hot Wheels were all pre-sold out, pre-sold out by the time that it was open to anybody doing pre-sales if they were not members of the Maddie Collectors Club. Worse, and this part I just really resent, 
The Maddie Collectors Club you had to be a member of because they have side ones. Like last year I was Club Midnight, so that was Watchmen. Right. So I got all the Watchmen figures. You had to be a member of Club Eternia, mm. which meant you had to be a He-Man fan. There was nothing. There was no other club available last year that sucks. to join that would have allowed you to be part of the pre-order. So Mattel and DC need to ramp up and figure out a new club for DC collectors. Yeah. Because what got sold out were things that had nothing to do with He-Man. Oh, by the way, plenty of He-Man figures still available for pre-order. Um, Hordak or something, and there's something. And Actually, the only thing I'm Skeletor really... Skeletor with his pet femur. Really disappointed in missing was the Homer. And I, and I know. So, yeah. I mean, it's not... Apparently, there will still be some available on site. So now I have to negotiate carefully with Jason Salazar, uh, trade off and, yeah. and uh, you know, we'll set up our campsite and make sure we're supplied with water and, <laughs> and a place, oxygen and for a the place climb. to be. I have a little porta potty right next to it. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. Just so, for Jason. You know, who knows? So if you get enough water. Anyway, so uh, that's that's what's going on. Um, and Entertainment Earth has got a lot of things coming. I mean, now is the time. It started to dribble drop. We don't have much news about what's going on at Comic-Con yet, but it's starting. It's like a slow... It's like... this. Is, I do know, have something to interject here. What's in that box? Drip, drip, drop, little April showers. No, I don't know. Let me think. What could you have possibly ordered that was... Because clearly when you do a reveal like this, you're hoping that my nipples were turned green with envy. This! Um, we're interjecting toys. I saw that Jason had posted these, and... And you're right. These are the two things that, uh, as I believe you posted the photo as well. This uh, morning, yeah. Uh, this morning saying uh, this is what's gotten you it's into the pop vinyls. my first vinyl figures. Um, I, I have I have Stitch because Disney gave it to me. Uh, but You didn't say what these were, though. No, I'm not. I'm about to reveal okay. that Guardians of the Galaxy, numbers 48 and 49, Rocket, Raccoon, and Groot. I believe they bobbleheads. They, they're in there securely, but and Justin called it when looking at it. They're bobbleheads. I said, no, they're not. You, they just look that way, but they are both bobbleheads. Which is interesting because I think... Um, Most finals aren't bobbleheads. Pop marbles aren't. Pops usually aren't bobbleheads, but um, that's okay. So the pop final, but that's okay because they're Groot and Rocket Raccoon. Don't complain. You got you got a Rocket Raccoon toy. Yeah. Um, and they look very I like nice. The, the sizes are good on them, too, for relative size. So as, as as best you could on pop vinyl without making yeah, it super ridiculously expensive dumb, for the yeah. team. Uh, so Speaking of which the uh, the Game of Thrones figures, Tyrion costs as much as Ned Stark. I don't understand that. Just a shame. I realize yeah. I'm shaking my head in <laughs> in in agreement, but just you know, uh, dis- disgust with uh, Funko. No, I'm happy with Funko because not only do I have to buy those two, and I've successfully, other than having. The Stitch, which is like sentimental because my son, when he was two, dressed up as Stitch for Halloween. So I, uh-huh. I've always loved Stitch for that. This is like, oh, it's Groot and Rocket. And then they're going to, they have, they're coming out with Frozen with Olaf and mm-hmm. the reindeer. So mm-hmm. it's like, I have to have those. Sven, Olaf and Sven. So pa- Funko is actually going to get get my money for four different figures that ordinarily I wouldn't have, have, have bought. I mean, I actually have bought a few Vinylmation things, the smaller those Mickey Mouse things and yeah. Disney things. But and I have, I think I have a, co- a complete set of the Marvel ones. But uh, everything I've bought from them, I bought as gifts for other people. And but this is the first time you bought for yourself. Yeah. Well, Funko. I got. I, I think I got. Well played. I mean, it's your birthday and Lon's birthday are both about the same time. They are down there. Reveal why? Yes. And I got Lon a Captain America one one year when it came out. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's right. 
we have birthdays very close together. Lon's birthday is actually my father's birthday, which is really weird. Hmm. But on the upside, I'll never forget Lon's birthday. Hmm. Um, and, of course, this year people are questioning, my birthday is the same day as Batman Day at Comic-Con. So wow, happy birthday. You find, you find me. That's right. I've already challenged several professionals. All right, come on. Bring it on on, on, on my birthday. Um, I will gladly allow you all to chip in for a glass of very fine scotch where I shall sit there and just sip away. And in a go, very Bruce Wayne and manner. Say, I'm Batman. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm Birdman. Uh, so let's play the modified activity we call What's in the Bag. Nate? Nate? What's in the bag? What's in the bag? Do you know, I just have to say, uh, in, in a very frightening moment, uh, I said something about what's in the bag to Jason Salazar on Saturday because Luke filmed a cameo in, uh, or, or I'm sorry, it will be a recurring role in Donovan and Sims. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And Sydney said, what's in the bag? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God. Jason, please don't tell me. He goes, no, no, no. We have not let her watch Seven. <laughs> we just taught her to say that. <laughs> wow. So fun with children. Wow. Teach them to say horrible things horrible like that. Horrible quotes from movies that mean a lot more than they think they do. I know that my in-laws trained their oldest son to walk around with, with his finger going, red rum, just to upset my mother-in-law. So, you or know. quotes about fava beans. Uh, yeah, uh, I haven't taught that yet. I, I shall teach my son that. All right, so go ahead. Okay, we're going to start with Derek. I've, I've got... Uh, <laughs> Rick's just picking all for all of us. I've got two sets of piles already picked here. Do you know that every day Rick does a podcast by himself? I he do. just doesn't record it? <laughs> I'm gonna, mm, uh, we'll talk later. Uh, the uh, <laughs> Whether I'm here or not, apparently. Exactly, apparently. <laughs> uh, so I've got one for Derek, one Why for Why is Nate. there a mop with a wig? We're going to okay. start with Derek. Uh, that mop's name is Derek. Uh, I hope it's so spelled differently. This is at least. for you to talk about Jeff Johns, John Romita Jr. with Klaus Jansen doing the inking on Superman number thirty-two, or as I like to call it, "Suck It Dandadio," <laughs> um, because we already know this, and I've seen some preview pages where what happens is everything that has been happening in Superman, driven editorially to update him. It is a double-sided cover, by the way. If you no, I, I, pull I love it. Open, it. I love it. It's the progression. The of, only thing I can't, I don't like about it is, and I'll say two things about the way Ramita is drawing is. Unfortunately, he is not. They have not managed to restore the trunks. However, <laughs> and what I, I I'm finding it a tough adjustment, but I, I guess I realize that it really is at least helping to differentiate this Superman as different. Is that his his uniform does look more like armor here? You can see the the plates. Yeah. Um, so it I, depends on who's drawing him. The, those plates. Yeah, I mean that's true. But Ramita's really playing it up. Yeah. On the other hand, it's great that John Ramita Jr. is doing. He's drawing him. I mean, he's such an Iron Man character. It's just the. I mean, artist that yeah. it just falls right into that field. Yeah. No, I mean, and this is so that's great. But we are res- restoring. Uh, Clark Kent to the Daily Planet. Jimmy Olsen, who was revealed to be the heir of multi-millionaires and was like earlier in the run, like living in his penthouse apartment, squandering his parents' money, has now said, oh, no, they're planning on cutting me off, so he's really trying to get a job. So he's back to being Well, he had been living with Clark for a while, too. Right. And then he it was one and rejected everything. Well, yeah. You know, so, yeah. so now they're just kind of rest- they're just restoring the status quo the natural order. that most people – think of when they yes. think of superman so you know i gotta say jeff johns and then on this jeff johns also tweeted over the weekend that he felt that the and now we're like hmm uh the jsa works best as a heritage 
uh, book with, with or legacy uh, as a legacy book. So now the question is, uh, people are wondering. So Jeff Johns is only is writing Superman, and he's about to give up Justice League. We know that. Wondering if there is some kind of JSA Earth One coming, which that would be back be back in time that would allow for JSA to be a legacy book instead yeah. of they're doing the best they can. Well, they, they they had it as a legacy book for a while back in the day, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, right now in the New Fifty Two, there's no legacy to build off of, right, other than right, you have right. the you kids have of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, and you have to have a crisis to to carve out a legacy, right? Know? And so this, so it, it it seems like what he's going to do is kind of is what people are hoping is this means he's going to write something like again the Earth One graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Though I realize we're about overdue for I don't. Think anybody's talking about Earth One, except they're doing a Wonder Woman Earth One with um, Grant Morrison. Wow. Uh, so I'm hoping that there's one. We need Batman Earth One Volume Two because, again, if you want to read the way to update Batman, it's that Jeff John. Great. It's absolutely Jeff Johns's Earth One, and you want to update the JSA and remain them as a keep them as a legacy. As much as I think Jay Robinson did as best he could under an editorial, uh, you know, ish- problem. I mean, let's call it that, not to criticize the editorial there, and just saying that is a problem. They could no longer be a legacy. He tried to make it work. But I, I want to see my Golden Age JSA. So there we go. That's my Jeff Johns rant for the week. Nate, your assignment, should you choose to accept it, is Savage Hulk number one. Alan Davis, Mark Farmer, Matt Hollingsworth, a story taking place after X-Men 66. Did you yeah, know about this book? Of the original series. Of the original X-Men series. That's no. on my list. Of- oh, my God. I was kidding. And it really was. It is. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, this, this is, is the Nate. way to do this it. This is Nate. Okay. But I'm just going to say. Okay. So, Nate knows this now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. I'm wondering about this series. I was planning on picking it up, and I'm going to read it. But if it's all just rehashing old stuff that we already know or pretending that this is a story that happened between pages, Mm -hmm. then I will probably end up needing to drop it just because of budgetary issues. Yeah. This is the original sin era of Marvel, Nate. All the stories happened in between the pages. It's Uh not the first time. And if you're reading dupe, literally. (laughs) We haven't, we have, this isn't the first time we've had stories that, that involved the X Men at least that have occurred years later between stories right, that had been right. John Byrne were, had a long run on there were, the hidden years. Yeah, there were and they were supplemental in magazines for a while. Yeah. So oh, this I mean, I, I know you can't see it, but the Alan Davis artwork and this is just as typical for him, beautiful and I love the way he draws the Hulk and his X Men is just so nice and nostalgic. Well, I, I love Alan Davis yeah. as an artist. Just interesting. Even though he's like one of those guys, a lot of the British artists are that way. I really feel like you, you can spot their style a mile oh, yeah. away. And char- like Steve Dillon. I love Steve Dillon even though all his characters almost look like they're all the same guy with different wigs. Yeah. But I love him. <laughs> Crazy wigs. Crazy wigs. Well, you get into Preacher. Mm. Anyway, go ahead. So my, my book is... Uh, is it really yours or is it the Mops? This is my book. Uh Amazing Spider-Man number three, and we're uh, we're back into the uh, all the stuff that that Doc Ock did to Peter Parker while he was in his head is coming back to roost. And oh my god, that's so good! This has got uh, this has the Black Cat, who 
Ock, of course, had no sympathy for as a character and got her arrested. And so now she's got a vendetta vengeance against Peter Parker. So this is like the black cat turning on Spider-Man. And I will reiterate, uh, if you... And it's Slot Ramos. It's if like, you are uh, Dan Slot and Humberto and Ramos. Ramos. If you are listening and sitting there going, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man is in a reboot. I'm going to be lost because it follows Superior Spider-Man. Super cool. Um, well, I just want to say that I've accidentally, through my being so busy, conducted, a, again, another reading experiment. I have not finished reading Superior Spider-Man. Okay. I've got a stack of about probably 12 issues to read. It'll be a glorious summer. Power when... through them because that last Oh, no, but I will. But I will. Great. You know, I mean, I'm realizing that is actually the upside. If I can find everything and put it in, put it in order. Right. I'm going to just have one hell of a great afternoon. And yes. I know it because that's yep. what happened last night with Batman Internal. It's like Luke and I had gone through. We found, we, and I found another bag and went, boom, okay, now I've got the missing issue. So I had one through ten. Just powered and went, it's so good. Yeah. But here were the amazing Spider-Man. So I started over with number, with one, number one. And I just read, not knowing everything, it is so accessible. And you just know it's, you know, they explain without being like too pedantic what had happened. Yeah. And Peter's dealing with the fallout. And I'm still fascinated to go back and see what happened, but I don't feel lost reading this moving forward. And one thing I like about the Parker characterization now is he's dealing with it. He's not just whining about or you know stumbling about it. He is dealing with well, the situation. Dealing with it and realizing that, yeah, yeah Doc Ock was better. Yeah, in some ways. <laughs> in some in ways, some ways you know? he was, he was uh, Doc Ock. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so Nate. Oh, wait a minute. We're back to Derek. So Let's back to Derek. Derek's next book is it has a falling skies ad on the back is justice league 31 with the new oh i've heard about this uh jeff johns doug monkey keith champ hey my buddy keith sinking uh and uh the uh the new power ring from the crime syndicate mm-hmm. <laughs> wait a minute or is this Star Wars number one? Will she <laughs> save our world or destroy it? And, and if you look at the power ring f- stance, it's even Luke Skywalker. Even Luke Skywalker. This <laughs> is ridiculous. Um, oh, that's that's funny. Um, so they're creating a new power ring. But you know, and this brings up, and I've been seeing a lot of this criticism online. Is like, um, so since Jeff Johns actually left Green Lantern, he's created two <laughs> new Green Lanterns, and they haven't stuck like. What happened to Boaz or whatever that guy's right. the, the 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 Muslim Simon uh, Baz Simon Baz the Muslim Green Lantern um, who was a great character and yeah. then sort of went nah, nobody's really responding so he went the so way so then who's he went the way of Ion who's the Green Lantern in Green Lantern right now it's yeah. uh, it's Hal yeah Hal Jordan oh okay yeah I mean because Hal and came then who's Lantern. in the uh, Green Lantern Corps all the other ones all the <laughs> everybody. But they don't uh, use Simon for the, Baz. They don't. I mean, Simon I don't, Baz is in there, but he's just become one of the crowd. Is what I mean. Yeah. It's like, uh, but you know, and, the, and it was this, an interesting character because he was he had the the taint of being having been accused as being a terrorist, fighting that off. And right, you know. I really like. I mean, and and I'll have credit again. Is I really liked that character because I thought it's interesting. Again, a kind of a maybe not subtle, but but not a horribly over-the-top way to discuss the inherent racism in a lot of part of this country towards people who are Islamic. Right. And, you know, and in this case, yes, he accidentally was in the, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, yep. and he gets the ring, just like Kyle did, and uh, and becomes becomes the new Green Lantern, has his own style with it, whole new way to do it. I don't even mind that, that 
that uniform redesign because the thing I look at is just like, well, you know, we love the classic uniforms. I'll admit, as much as I want the trunks back on Superman, I've come to accept this. It's like Superman's outfit was designed in 1939 because the image of what was strong was the circus strongman. With trunks. With trunks. Now it's the football player. Now it's the military guy. Right. It's these other, you know, and everything's... So, Navy SEALs. So as much as I hate the look, it sort of makes sense that if a character appeared five years ago and this was what he was drawing he from... He would go to the library and say, hey, about 40 years I ago... I love those leotards. Yes. Let me get some I'm of those. Lifting big barbells and... Yeah. yeah. I mean, Did you, you know, guys see the... Uh, I posted a picture, shared Eric Larson's picture. He's doing a variant... Oh no! I didn't see it. Cover of uh, of Batman coming up, I think, or no? He's doing the Superman thirty three variant cover. Okay, and he drew ba- uh, Superman with the trunks. That's Larson. I know that. And Eric, he said, that "I know that Eric is a trunks guy. He's a classicist." Most, <laughs> he said most of the artists that are doing variant covers because the Batman seventy fifth anniversary cover. He said most of the guys that are drawing Superman are doing the trunks. Well, and somebody it, asked, did they say anything about that? He said, no, and if they did, I wouldn't have done it. The digital comics, the one that's, that's the, uh, Superman Unleashed or... Unchained. No, I think Unchained is the one that Scott Snyder was writing. Right. No, there's a digital only. Did they cancel oh, that okay. already? Yeah, they canceled that one, but the one that was like, you know, eight-page stories set in wherever in DC Comics, almost everybody put Superman in the trunks and it was and almost everybody has done some sort of pre-crisis version of Superman hmm. or pre pre new 52 but the interesting thing is when the preview art came out on Superman 32 there was actually a picture in, and it was pointed out on bleeding cool today that there's a panel where they show like the the first uh, Superman dead dead Superman lives and his the first photo of him revived he has the trunks on uh-huh. in the preview uh. art in the book that came out, They've erased the trunks. Of course. So jerks. No, it's okay. You know, it's just interesting. So go ahead. Nate Give Superman is trunks bag. Nate, next in your bag. Next in yes. your bag is an original sin number one. And it is Hulk versus Iron Man with uh so Mark what, Wade and Bagley, <laughs> Hennessy and Keith. So what Rick has chosen for you today, Nate, are all books that happen between stories that happened between the pages. This story that happens between the pages, I actually was going to pick up. Okay. So far, it's Mark only Wade, because it's written by Mark Wade. If anybody else was doing this, I would have said, no, I'm not going to. The, the phrase of batting a thousand. Batting right? a thousand. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Okay. I know. We're not a sports guy. I was going to correct myself. We're not a sports guy. I didn't want to be, you know, like dwelling on it. What'd you say, batting 100? Were you going to just punch it in your correction later? Yeah. That's what I do in your <laughs> written articles. Uh, so go ahead. Uh, and your description. So, okay. And Bagley. Okay, cool. Yeah, Bagley's good. I like Bagley. Yeah, the covers looked really, really... Uh, it reminded me of a co- the cover of the the oversized magazine, the magazine format that came out back in the day. That was, oh, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that Rampaging Hulk? Hulk. Rampaging, Rampaging Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. Rampaging Hulk, yeah. 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 Well, Everything beginning with, and the Watcher has been murdered! Yes. Uh, let's see. Who is it? And Jason Keith's colors. So interesting. Because this also, uh, Nate, correct me if I'm wrong. This also was sort of like go back over the territory covered by, I'm sorry, I'm going to say the, the name, Jeff Loeb's Hulk Gray. Right. I was thinking that too, because that was basically right after the Hulk turns into the Hulk, he happens to run into Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you'll notice the Hulk is green on this cover, so maybe it's even after that. 
Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to buy it and see. That's right. So my next, my book is uh, Ghost Rider, and I'm not going to dwell on this too much other than every... You can, this, this is a good book. This one, I mean, it's one that I'm I'm actually, I, I don't know when I pick it up why I keep buying it, but when I set it down <laughs> at the end, I, I go, yeah, I, I'm glad I bought that book. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's just a fun book. It's it's not got anything deep going on in it. It's a good superhero. Uh, well, it's like I've said, the thing is Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider is like a junk food character because... I still maintain even this version of Ghost Rider is a great tattoo. Yeah. Great on a jacket. Um, but is he a great character in and of himself? Is there going to be a great story out of him? To be honest, I read it, and this is this is just a vague variation on what DC did a few years ago when they tried to revamp El Diablo. Uh-huh. And yep. same, you know, same idea, same location, a slightly different change in the moral outlook. But I think that the art is, is really cool. It's interesting. Yes. It, it's, it's an environment it's an we've not been exposed yeah, to a lot. It's an entertaining enough book. I want more efforts. Like I, would, I don't know whether to have a team book for it, but I want to see efforts like Ghost Rider and Ms. Marvel and cre- you know creating books that connect with the teens now. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a good opportunity for DC to just revamp Blood Syndicate. They can't. They can't? They don't own Blood Syndicate. Oh, no. That's really? Milestone. Oh. Milestone licensed Blood Syndicate to oh. DC, and that's a co-publishing agreement. Milestone's walked walked but, away because okay, so of my- how, how horribly DC screwed up Static. Oh, okay. So, uh, as far as I understand right now, I could be wrong. And, hey, Cardi Angelo, if you catch up with me, because you're always better than me at this kind of rights thing. Uh, I call him out, but anybody else can if they know. My understanding, though it may be flawed right now, is that Milestone has pulled and just said, we're not working with DC anymore yeah. because they had a great opportunity. I mean, which is the reality. We talk about how, like, in movies we were revamping characters into different ethnicities and so forth. Is Milestone actually did the right thing, created new and interesting characters who reflected the face of America. Yeah. And they were just bobbled. And that's what I want. I want them to update the urban urban youth culture and uh, well, the, the current mix of of new American immigrant uh, people. And you know, I, I I'd like to see that book. Yeah. So I like seeing that Ghost Rider is Latino. I like seeing Ms. Marvel is an Islamic teen, and still maintaining what an incredible great book. If you're not reading Ms. Marvel, get so that here's, trade. Here's your third book. Here's my third book. You've already been gushing about it, so I figured I'd give now, it to you. I kind of know what, what the heck did I do with last week's uh, bag. Uh, this is indeed... Oh, Lehman's still on the cover, though. I thought he was done. But maybe he was done... Uh, I think they're just crediting him for the whole for the story run. as a whole. I think because he was part of the whole uh, script, uh, consulting, plotting. writing, plotting, and then and then, and they... Sw- uh, yeah, okay. This is Batman Eternal number 12. I do think the series is good. I'm going to say this, though. Out of this... You read in a you read in a thing. You can start realizing, if you look, who's the weakest writer? Uh huh. And I'm sorry, this week is the weakest writer for me. James Tinian the fourth. Okay. Is um this is the one where he is, this is the writer who tends to be the most on the nose with his dialogue, and absolutely just it's very heavily expository and saying things that everybody knows. Um, but I would recommend this, especially in trade paperbacks. Yeah. Because what this really is is a series without being too disturbing, is a tour through what 
is the Batman family. I was right there with you. That's what and I, was- I think. And I was noticing that. And great. And you get an update and a status quo on who's who. Although there is a vague, vague reference, and I suspect it's because of uh, Forever Evil. It's not clear where this fits in Forever Evil, and that's okay. Yeah. But there's clearly something about. Um, about Nightwing that's happened, and we know that Nightwing, Dick Grayson's about, to, well, I think today it came out, uh, Dick Grayson, number one, of of Super Agent or whatever he is, Super Spy, and he's gone blonde, and he's just, it's weird. I didn't see that one. Uh, there may be a couple weeks, it may be still a week or two in advance, okay. but they've been doing a lot of preview art for it. Um, so in the wake of Forever Evil, he's just becoming an operative without, yeah. a, without an identity because his identity has been, but it was finally... I don't know if I like it, but at least they I got an understanding of where Tim Drake was fitting in the larger picture. Mm-hmm. I don't know all the history of the revamped history because you know what? You're going to change it by the time I catch up anyway, DC, so I don't care. It's true. But I just need a book that tells me what is the status quo? How do they interact with each other? Why are they doing it? And this book has done that. And it's also giving me a great trip through some of the villains. Yeah. And, you know, so I... I, I Dr. Phosphorus, loving I'm seeing Dr. Phosphorus. Love this version of the Penguin. I really do. And but and you can also see, hey, well done, DC. You could see that this comic book's Penguin came from, could even though the background is different, could possibly have come from the guy that's going to play him on Gotham. So I uh, like the way they eased into the story, too, with it being focused on uh, Gordon first. Yeah. And you know, then getting into yeah, it. an interesting thing. Yeah, um, and then bringing in J- even down to reintroducing Jason Bard. I'm intrigued by the Spectre. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not fascinated yet. Yeah. Um, but I'm intrigued by what they're doing with the Spectre and how casually and irritatedly Bruce Wayne deals with Jim Corrigan. <laughs> so I give that props. But and that's been my only frustration with the book is, uh, while you bothered to taunt me with the Spectre, I want a lot more of him. So there, I'm. I'm with that. So. So, Nate, your next book is Chapter 20 of Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples' Saga. I am very excited for Chapter 20 of Saga. The Unknown Soldier's on the cover. <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah. This is, isn't, it's, uh, isn't that the way with every issue of this book? Yeah, it's my second favorite book. What's your first favorite? Dead. Oh, Behind the Walking Dead, of course, yeah. Yeah. Did I pick right? Did I pick? Uh, I think that's fair. I'd also like to, uh, and you've got, do you have one more for yourself? I, I, you know, I gave you guys most, most of the rest okay. of the stuff. I'm not all that. Then I'm going to throw in one thing that I've been powering through because it's actually, I I, I keep contemplating doing like a, 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 an occasional column, if I had the copious time, right, called Late to the Party. And one of the things I wanted to Late to the Party was with so many comic book adaptations coming to television, I wanted to check out the things I didn't have familiarity with. Uh-huh. So I've read the first three out of, sadly, only four trade paperbacks of iZombie. Ah, And right. I want to highly, I suspect, and a lot of people suspect, that the cancellation of iZombie was more about internal politics than quality and sales of the book. Uh, Chris Roberson had made some... Um, perhaps injudicious remarks about DC editorial and mysteriously all of his uh, vertigo assignments got either canceled Cancel. or just, Oh, we've agreed that we have, you know, different, a difference of opinion it's and time to finish creative the run. differences. Yes. I zombie. And, and the CW is putting it in as a mid season series. Um, it's a great concept on its own as a television series. I think they're missing the boat by not pull, stealing more 
from the graphic novels mm-hmm. or from the original series. Uh, you're in Eugene, Oregon. So if Michelle Saman is listening, who went to University of Oregon, what a great place. Where, again, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Eugene is a hotbed of supernatural activity. And uh, they really haven't even made that big a deal about University of Oregon being there. But it's – so uh, the Gwendolyn, the main character, is a zombie. Uh, and she has to uh, – she works as a grave digger so that she can dig up fresh brains from time to time and consume, which keeps her from then – not looking like the classic Walking Dead and losing all her intelligence. And they actually, pretty quickly in the first graphic novel, first collection, explain how that actually works, why that's working. So they set their rules very nicely, very neatly. And she has two friends. One is a, is a girl who died uh, at 20 in the 60s. And she's stuck, so she can only haunt the places where she's been. She's a ghost. She's a ghost, so she's a ghost. Uh, but she's like, you know, Bikini Love, the old ca- cartoon character, you know. And she loved all these old, like, Harvey-like things. And so that's her best friend. She can be seen. Everybody can see her. They just don't know she's a ghost. But she can uh-huh. only go to places where she went when she was uh, when she was alive. And so she's kind of stuck going, like, I never went anywhere. So she's got this, this ghost with this great longing to leave Eugene, but she can't. Um, and then there's a guy who is uh, a wear terrier. Uh, so, <laughs> and they, <laughs> his name is Scott, but they call him Spot. And they all hang out. And every now and then, Scott, who's a nerd like Klaus, you know, plays Dungeons and Dragons and has his role playing games and all this and is into all this stuff. He every now and then he fantasizes that they're like the Scooby Gang, <laughs> but. They just won't cooperate, but they are solving problems because when Gwen consumes brains, she um, whatever is left undone by the by the, the uh. dead, she has to kind of resolve, or she gets violently ill. So some of them are turning. There's also a, a very interesting twist on the group of vampires, and as I mentioned, I think when I was talking, I think I told you I was saying there's a reference to a Doc Savage like character existing earlier because this big organization has been fighting evil for hundreds of years. And Doc Savage, I can't what they they call. They finally named him in the third volume. It's not Doc Savage, but Campion, Doc Campion. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, he's not a major character. It's just like an offhand reference. But I just love that the book includes that much depth. It's incredibly well thought out. And there's Chris Robertson writing Doc Savage, so it makes perfect sense. Um, it's just incredibly well thought out. And my only disappointment in reading it, well, too, is again that it's short. And then I really don't think the television series is going to bear much resemblance to it, partially because they also have an end date in mind. You know, I mean, it's clear that he's got an overarching story that is too crazy to put on the CW, but you'd like it because it involves H.P. Lovecraft mm. and The Bride of Frankenstein. So everything is, it's like, it's like everything you can put into a blender with Mike Allred drawing in terms of like literature that you like. It's all in this book. So I highly recommend, and I'm passing it on to my daughter because there's nothing particularly offensive about it. It's just supernatural stuff. So I think right. my daughter's really going to enjoy it. Um, she started reading the first volume this past weekend. So, again, looking for things for teen girls. The covers, because of the zombie art they put on it, might be a little off-putting because it's not uh, all Red's art, so it's a little too realistic. But the interiors, absolutely Give, zombies yeah. are actually pretty hot in paranormal romance right now. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah. So I. I. Then I so I'm just gonna uh, flat out recommendation. Yeah. Thirteen and up. You got a teen girl and she's looking for something to read. Very strong, independent heroine. This is a great book. So I was so glad that I've 
gotten unfortunately addicted. But the addiction's great because there's only one more volume, and then I'm done. I'm out. You just start <laughs> jonesing. <laughs> Woo! No, and then I just go on to the next thing. Then there I catch up on Black Science. I finish Fanboys vs. Zombies. Uh, and then I catch up on Saga, for God's sake. There you go. I don't think I've read Saga in about eight months, so I've got to put that stack together. Don't hate me, Nate. Please don't hate me. Um, let's... I would never. Oh, thank you. Let's talk movies, shall movies. we? Speaking of Doc Savage... Rick got from the Arizona Doc Con, which Doc Con, Doc Con, Doc Savage Convention. No, I know, but yeah. I said it sounds like Doc people are just going to hear it as dot com. Uh, okay, uh, Rick got from Chaka Con. That uh, <laughs> who's that? I feel for you, Chaka Con, Chaka Con, Chaka Con. Do you feel for me like I feel for you? Uh, that uh, don't, please don't put that music in because we can't afford the royalty. <laughs> um, but anyway, from the Arizona Doc. Con, which is the Doc Savage Convention, which we both, I guess, you found it first, and I was glad you recommended it because, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna one day thing. I will go. Um, because so I re- just to be clear, this is not a documentary convention. No, it's no. not a documentary it's a convention. Doc Savage Convention. Doc Savage Convention. I'm actually in San Diego for a convention just before this starts, so I'm going to fly from San Diego to Arizona. I have this dream this. in like a year or two where where I will I will only go to conventions with a doctor in the title. So <laughs> I'm going to, or you know in the you know so I'm going pediatricians. To, I'm going to Gallifrey one, yes. and then I will, and then maybe in 2015 I will get to go to Doc Con. There you go. That my schedule will work out that I'll be able to go because I can't. Imagine Imagine something either more frightening or more fun. It's one or the other. I don't know which. I can tell you, it's a damn sight cheaper to go to there uh, than to Arizona. Arizona. But you're in Arizona, but it's in October, so it's cooler. It is to go to this convention. The the flight to Arizona on Southwest and the hotel, I think it was coming in all. It was coming in at under five hundred dollars. I still don't think I can go this year, but I would like to. Yeah. Um, so I because I would love to hang out with people that are just talking about Doc Savage because that would just be the ultimate nerdgasm for me. And they reported, and unfortunately, I haven't seen it elsewhere, but I also have not had much time to go through the sources. Because, again, we've talked about this, especially in movie journalism, and I use this in uh, quotation marks and italics, movie journalism. Um, what passes for it online is a lot of rumor spreading and just and repeating. But I love the rumor. I just haven't seen in what I consider the most reputable sites, no offense to anyone here, um, is that is uh yeah confirmation confirmation of this of the uh, secondary source that uh Liam Hemsworth is in talks to play Doc Savage in Shane Black's proposed revival of Doc Savage or remake and we call it that because there was the 1975 Ronnie Lee film. Yeah. Um I would love this concept. You posted that photo I went hmm no, yes, I could totally see that. That's um, there have been actors in the past that I thought would have been good. I thought you know if if in 1990 you would put Dolph Lundgren in the role, yeah, I think he would have been okay. Um, he Liam, still had a big accent problem, Lundgren. Yeah, he doesn't now, but he did yeah. then. Yeah, uh, Liam Hemsworth, though you know you compare his like his performance in Cabin in the Woods, the way his voice works, mm-hmm. maybe, and Thor. The great thing is if he could bounce back and forth between Thor and Doc Savage, he never gets out of shape. Yeah. And uh, he's got the muscular turn There's now. that, yes. Yeah, and I'm just I, – I think it would be a great choice. I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. And here's why I'm afraid it might not because also like minutes after you posted that, then this comes out that Shane Black has also agreed to team with Fred Decker, the creator of the cult movie Monster Squad, and they are going to be reviving Predator. Wonderful film. 
predator for Fox. Right. So, um, and I feel weird because I'm like, really? Are we? It's reviving. I mean, it never. It. We've had predator. Well, somebody, somebody said that this morning, and I said, you realize that Alien had two reboots that were basically saying, let's try and forget about the last crappy movie that we did. <sighs> okay. So I mean, they so have- after they did uh, Alien three, Alien three. Then it was Alien Resurrection. And but, then did Resurrection. But which, they weren't that many years apart. I mean, no. I guess the thing is this problem, both time moves fast for us at yeah. this age and in this culture. And to me, it's like, well, I've already been through this because we've had Predator, Predator 2, right. Aliens vs. Predator. Right. We've which had, I, I count Aliens vs. Predator as the third reboot. Which okay. Was oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'll count that. Introduce the series I thought you were without, counting, without I thought you were Ripley. Count, I thought you were counting Prometheus. Um, no. Yeah, good. Let's not count it. Yeah. And and then, but there was also Predators, right. by Robert Rodriguez, of just a few years ago, which I think Lon reviewed for Fanboy Planet. And so I, I just felt like there hasn't been this distance. Like we need it again. Although the thing is, I. But Predator, <laughs> Predator. Let's be honest, is again sort of like the Ghost Rider of film. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who think that the Ghost Rider was the Ghost Rider of film, uh, no, Predator is the Ghost Rider of film. Follow. Well, there's this. no inner monologue for the Predator. You, the story is always told about the person who's interacting, who's being with hunted. The Predator, most of, most often yeah. being hunted. Yeah. Um, which why actually, strangely, my favorite is Predator Two, um, because it, to me that's the interesting environment and the interesting. Right. What the hell are we going to do? And, and it's and Danny Glover was not really an action star at that right. time. He was more of the serious actor and like going, yeah. What do you do if you're not Schwarzenegger? Yeah. You know. Um. So I don't know. I'm hoping this doesn't delay a uh, Doc Savage. You know, doing putting kink in the plans of Doc Savage. Because I think Shane Black could ha- be is the right writer director for Doc Savage. We shall see. It all just comes down to time and money. You yeah, know? you know. But speaking of people who want to be uh, revived into films, Kelsey Grammer said confirmed that he was actually the Beast in um, was he? He had gone in. That uh, I saw it a second time. Uh, yeah, I saw it. That, yeah, that he ran into Hugh Jackman, and Hugh Jackman said, "Are you going to be in this one?" He said, "Nobody's contacted me." So Kelsey Grammer actually called up Brian Singer. And said, "I'd love to. Please let me be." So that actually was him at the very end. Excellent. And he's and he has said, "Please, if if there's any chance that my timeline can reassert itself, if I can, I'm happy to do it." So uh, I'm like, I've always kind of you know, Kelsey Grammer's pulled some jerk moves too, you know, but who doesn't? You know, yeah. it's just kind of like, but. Overall, just because Kelsey Grammer, you know, and why I loved him as the Beast was like, that's the closest I'll ever get to being a superhero. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. There's hope for us all. Thank you, Kelsey. You give hope to the nerds, uh, to the erudite ones, uh, the well-spoken. And uh, so I'm, I was really happy to find that out. And he's also in, of course, he's appearing, uh, opening this weekend in Transformers Age of Extinction, which after this podcast, I will be going to see... And desperately trying to stay awake for it. You see, I'm setting my bar so low, so low. Because you look like look at that commercial when you're like, it's like a Budweiser commercial, and Marky Mark draw drive is towing the truck in. To you know, his- it's worse than that. It looks like three different crappy movies when you watch that commercial. It's long enough to be. It's 163 minutes oh my long. God. But so was the last one. And it's like that's the problem. It's like, dude. Okay, okay, we'll backtrack. I finally saw Maleficent. Maleficent's like ninety-two minutes. Yes, but it I felt by. I felt I you know I mean it does rip by because it's only ninety-two minutes. Yeah, I felt there was room for more. Sure, and but I'm torn because I'm like yeah, as a writer, as a as a reviewer. And I hate to do this kind of thing like, uh, you know, it's not the movie I would have made because I think that's the stupidest thing a reviewer can say. 
Uh, and yet I find myself saying all the time is like, I wanted to see more, but it's better to want to see more, to be enraptured right. enough in that world, which is beautifully shot. Although I am going to say, I called every single thing. I did yeah. find it exactly as predictable as I suspected I would, as I predicted. The predictability was indeed predicted, but I thought it was so beautifully <laughs> shot. It was so, are you whimpering? No, he's laughing. I'm, oh, I'm okay. chuckling at the predictable predictability. <laughs> yes. Of the predictability uh, yes. I, uh, um, which is actually at one point Luke leaned over and he thought he was going to pull one on me. He's like, I think I know what's going to happen. And I go, okay, me too. We'll talk about it after the movie. And then it was like, dad was right. You're wrong. You know? Um, <laughs> and I guess that's why I found what, what wanting more characters. Like I really wanted more of that Raven um, that, you know, uh, uh, that uh, what I did Diabola or not, not Ebola. Sorry. Right. Right. Uh, um, but you know, Diabola, whatever. I, I thought that was an area where they didn't, they, they took, it up to a line and they should have taken it a little further over yes because it as it was it turned into a um a sisterhood movie which i'm fine with i'm fine with that too but is that the way is that the way we're going to read because that's the same thing with that frozen was and it's the same thing that Wicked was. And so, are we going to are we gonna, yes is, we're going to have a series are we going to do hashtag hashtag not all princes you know the, uh, Cinderella. Uh, which we saw, I saw the trailer for, which is I, I'm going to say, I, I didn't watch it online. That is the stupidest trailer ever of just watching the gr- glass slipper turn around and a batter and a butterfly lands on it. Cripes! Um, because yeah. all I'm sitting there going, although this is what sisterhood does for me, is that I look at the heel on that slipper and I go, that cannot be comfortable to wear. <laughs> that cannot. No. There is no way. I you know, <laughs> if my daughter came home in that slipper, I would say take that off because I love you too much. You know the. Grim story. The yeah, no, no, no. I, yes, yes, absolutely. In the fact, sisters. my mother-in-law took away because <laughs> once she had the fairy tale castle with all the little Disney Cinderella figures, and I started telling the story to my nieces and nephews with the figures in the original Grim Fairy Tale way. My mother-in-law swooped down and and scooped up all the toys and said, "You can't play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like your version of the story." The business about trying to fit in. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, yes, yes. That's the best. That's such an analogy for women in shoes. Yeah, uh, it's true. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's what's going to happen. Cinderella is going to be that way, and they've also got one. Uh, they have a novel, but I don't think they have a a movie planned. But they have a novel they're selling at Disneyland about um, the the queen. So uh, oh. from Snow White. From Snow White. So um, you know, I I I, th- I thought it was good, but I agree there are things that t- didn't take over the line, and I really did, I I've, I've realized now without realizing who I was watching throughout the movie, I really don't like Charlotte Copley, hmm. uh, the guy playing the king. Yeah. I, king Stefan was too. It was it was he was unlikable from the start, and I didn't like that. Yeah. It was too, in an effort to make Maleficent into a gray area. Yeah, they could not do the same for any other character. And that was a shame, you know, because it was a movie about showing, look at the depth. Yeah. They had to do it by flattening out everybody else. But it was still beautifully shot. Yes. So uh, let us move I'd to... I'd go see it again. That's good. I'm sure you would. Let's move to television, because you saw The Last Ship. I did. So talk about that. So All these summer series. We got another series where the basis of it is the world is uh, destroyed and our heroes are trying to figure out what to do about it. But this time, um, the world's been destroyed by a virus that I think the number it's already killed like eighty percent of the world population. Um, yeah. There's a there's a there's a Russian government. The Russian government has fallen, and there's like this 
separate government that's dead, that's come up. They're the villains so far in this because they are hunting down the people who are actually trying to find the cure. And the rest of the world was convinced the the U.S. had the cure already mm-hmm. and was hoarding it. But what's cool about this is it's all shot. Uh, the 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 main cast is on a destroyer, a modern destroyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, starts off in the Arctic, and they've got the uh, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control lab on board. Um, and they were on a special mission when when the virus was at stage two trying to figure out where where this they were trying to find a primeval primeval strain of it in the arctic um so they were and they were on mm-hmm. radio silence so they don't they didn't know what was going on in the rest of the world yeah as it fell apart and then when their mission was over and they made contact they find out that now their real new mission is to come up with the cure for the situation that's taken out the world what's really cool about this is um, my dad was in the Navy. I've always had a lot of respect for the Navy yeah. people. I think they're well portrayed in movies, and I think the Navy people are less likely to be the kind of dumb macho geeks than that the than the Army and the Marines. And there's no offense to the Army and the Marines. Nothing, no offense. I'm saying the way they're portrayed in movies. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the Navy is is uh, is a, a pretty strict military organization. You know, that's a very interesting observation. I haven't thought about but that, that but that really is true. Yeah. Uh, that navy we we get more, I think, wrapped up in naval port- portrayals because it does feel a little more like they're the thinking men. Yeah. That's the stereotype. I don't know that I I it's it's I don't know that any of that's true. But it works here because you've got you, you basically have in this destroyer a a city that is it's not self-sufficient. It's not like the nuclear submarine that can go for years and years under the arc, uh, under the uh, ice caps or anything. But it's 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 not. It's not, it's still functioning at, at full efficiency, even though the rest of the world's gone down. So they're going to have, of course, the the episodes where they're going to try and yeah, find so food or what fuel network or whatever. Is this on? This is on TNT. TNT and what time? Ah, uh, got. I think it was oh, you on, recorded. I think it was on Sunday night. I th- I think you're right, but yeah. so just in case people are interested. And of course, I, I know. I think you've even good said, cast, really I, I super think you've good said cast. This before, is like, are we really paying attention to what time things really are on, or are we just trying no. to make sure we make it past the time so we can watch it on Comcast uh, and on demand? So, okay, I, I mean that we also both watched Dominion on Sci-Fi, yes, which was based on. I like the way it's like it's so convoluted in its credits. Based on the movie Legion, but not written by anybody that had anything to do with Legion. So it, it's an interesting, yeah. Kind of like all the uh, all the Riverworld stories that uh, that uh, sci fi has done. Oh uh, yeah, I kept thinking of Flash Gordon um, because you know, really, I saw uh, when the angels actually flew. I was like, really? You just have couldn't to give me do that. that for the Hawkman. Yeah, couldn't do that for the Hawkman. Um, they learned their lesson. Ka-ka. I think all the stop it. I think that all the years we have we have uh, shuddered over Flash Gordon taught them well. I like the concept of this series being in that. People revile that film, Legion. I've not seen it. Um, In short, it's uh, God God disappeared from heaven for 25 years. The angels finally just decided that man had had destroyed God and went to war with the earth. Declared war on earth. Except for one angel. Well, this is 25 years later. Yeah. Yeah, 25 years after the disappearance of God. Yes. And one angel was on the side of the of Earth, and there's an established city. Right. What's it, what's there, there's called? several. Vega. 
Oh, Vega. Las Vegas. Yeah, there are in the film. This much I remember from it, from descriptions, is yeah, God has disappeared. The angels immediately declare war. Ah. So they're go- they everybody everything converges in this diner in the desert, sort of like the Terminator. You know, a storm's coming. I know. And there's this this waitress. Oh, I did see part of that movie. There's this waitress who's pregnant, and she has the chosen one. Right. And uh, so. Um, yeah, Gabriel, uh, Michael. It's Michael. Yeah. Michael is sided with us, uh, and he's and it's Paul Bettany in the movie, and some just thin-lipped ma- British man in the uh, television series. And Michael is sided with us, and I, so we assume, I guess, that we sort of win in a in a weird, inconclusive we way at the, end, at the way at the end of the film. Yeah. So there are several cities. They keep talking about it now. They're like bunkered, walled cities. Yeah. So the rules for that haven't been clear, but I thought. Okay, um, it's one of those shows right now that I feel like it could be good. Yeah. And here's what I say is I like the idea of taking te- uh, of creating television series out of um, ideas that were good ideas, but the movie may not have been that great. Like Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a perfect example. The film is not that great. No. But the television series is fantastic. Um, and that was all about the people who were involved. Right. For Legion... The film is allegedly not that great. I say allegedly because I have never seen it. It is allegedly not that great. The series is not yet great, but it has a couple of really cool things in place, which is I actually like, despite making fun of him as the thin-lipped British guy, an an action lead who doesn't look like one right. at all. And I We're thought about Michael. Michael. Yeah. And I think, well, yeah, there is the guy, there's the soldier that is clearly going to be focal, but... He looks more actually, but I don't think he's that good. I think Michael, however, is interesting in that he's just so, you know, he's so conflicted constantly, and you just see that roiling on his face. And you have Anthony Head, yeah. speaking of speaking of Buffy, Giles, in we have created Hollywood has created this American accent for British actors. I was thinking that the same I tra- thing. that I trace back to the Matrix for Agent Smith, even though uh, that guy was actually Australian. That whole, yes. I don't know. I have never met anybody who actually speaks like, in America, Mr. Anderson. But this is how uh, Anthony Head is talking. It's yeah. like this almost weirdly the future. O- over-enunciated Western cowboy drawl. It wasn't quite that bad. I know. I am exaggerating yes. for dramatic or perhaps comedic effect. Yes. But, oh, you know who does speak like that? Carol Channing, uh, so uh, a well-known British person. <laughs> no, I'm just saying because that's an American accent. Yes, and it, because it is funny so to me. I'm realizing it's an American doing, accent that doesn't sound like anybody, Carol but Carol Channing. Oh my goodness! Now, when you watch Dominion, I want you to think of all his lines <laughs> you going. Just spoiled Dominion for we me. We shall now announce the the wedding of the two houses together as we protect Vega. But first. Uh, a battle. I always think of her amazing performance in the TV version of Alice in Wonderland where she sang the jam song. <laughs> I've never seen it. Jam tomorrow, oh, jam, jam yesterday. I saw her in Hello Dolly. It was, a, it was a fascinating experience. Wow. Um, so <laughs> um, I also caught, which uh, I guess has already aired in England, but they finally just released this weekend on BBC America, The Musketeers. Of interest to us, to put Nate to sleep, that Peter Capaldi, the new doctor, <laughs> is playing uh, Cardinal, Cardinal Richelieu. Um, and this is, I thought, of, did you watch it? I haven't. It's, 
it's pretty good because I thought if you're going to make a series out of the Three Musketeers, which, and people go, travesty, there's a set storyline and that's what is, I realized. Yeah, you know how long that set storyline is? No, I, people... oh, I've read all the books. Oh, I know. I've but, read but all the books. Most people have not. I know, so that's what I'm going to say. For those who have not, you must understand that Alexandre Dumas actually wrote three books. No, four. Three four books. about Large the, volumes. Including The Man in the Iron Mask uh, and one that people forget about completely called 20 Years After. Hmm. Because if it, other than that, if you did not know that 20 years after it was about the Three Musketeers, there's nothing in that title that tells you uh-huh. it's about the Three Musketeers. But I have indeed read it, uh, in which pretty much everybody dies. Uh, it, you know, it's like the end of. So I thought if you're going to take a series, not only is it a long book, but it's also it is one long story of depression and so forth. If you're going to make an episodic series and hope for several seasons or series, as the British say. They have turned it essentially into a cop drama. Like, so... <laughs> wow. Every episode, you just know that the commander of the Musketeers is going to call them in and go, you three are just not going by the book. I want this by the book. Do you Did understand? That, that criminal minds trill. Yeah, <laughs> you just totally hear it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Cardinal Richelieu. And it, the first episode was like, it was okay, it, but I sense the potential for greatness. Yeah. Um, partially because Richelieu is fantastic. Um, Peter Capaldi's great. The Musketeers are charming enough. The guy playing D'Artagnan is pretty good. And the guy playing King Louis is fantastic. So you've got this setup where you know it's like he's not totally incompetent, but it is one of those where you start seeing um, where Richelieu could be frustrated, and yet there's also that power grab thing where Richelieu even says something about King Louis thinks that he can run France by himself. He's got to stop that. And, you know, so there's all this scheming back and forth. But um, it was an interesting beginning, so I'm all for that. Um, and then, of course, True Blood returned for its final season. I haven't watched the episode yet. Have you? Oh, I did. Okay. Uh, oh, good for you. I, I just yeah, I got behind. No, 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 no. I know. I was, no, look, I know, I'm not bragging. I just caught I up. I finally caught up. It with just it. happened to be a night where I was like, wait a minute. I could actually watch something in real time. And Sunday nights are tending to be because I'm like, if it's not True Blood, it's Game of Thrones. And then it's going to be The Leftovers next week, which I really want to at least check out. The the series about 2% of the population disappearing, but it's not quite the rapture because, right. you know. Well, they, and, and Christopher Eck, no. There's a question as well as it's rapture. Well, but here's the thing, which I didn't realize, is that apparently somebody's seen the, the, the first episode and said the thing is it takes place three years after the disappearances. But rapists and murderers have disappeared as well. Uh, so it really is just kind of a random 2%. But maybe they uh, they were saved. Re- re- they repented at the last minute. The Catholics are how, right. How can you repent at the last minute if you don't know the last minute's coming? They were uh, just lucky. But most importantly, Christopher Eccleston, the ninth doctor, has a lead role as a pastor speaking in the Carol Channing accent. <laughs> so we look forward to that. He's uh, dropping his northern accent and becoming, uh, that was a horrible northern accent. That was more Scottish. This was more Charlton Copley in Maleficent, making the accent Scottish so that uh, we cover up that he's actually South African. So um, True Blood is, I, 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 you know how I said, I, you know, I was disappointed that Derek Mears did not get a lot to do at the end of the, se- uh, the last season uh, when he showed up. Uh, he at least does get to be a very featured role for just a minute. Um, so it's the most important of the Hep V vampires for you to recognize. I'm very proud, very pleased that that's my friend. Uh, but um, uh, but I'll be honest, 
and, and we can compare notes next week. I don't know if Nate watches True Blood or not, but I was disappointed in in that in the in the return, and I'm like, mm, uh, yeah, you know, they're not going they're not they're not going anywhere where I I want to see. Basically, is like they're focusing on the wrong things. Uh, I, I want them to like, wrap things up. He, I, I want them to go to a satisfying get to a satisfying finale for it I all think they're going to drop this giant it. nuclear stake. It's just going to go down on Bon Tom. <laughs> Splinters everywhere and everybody dies. So we were talking can we uh diverge for a second we were talking about sci-fi before we got started yeah. and how many shows they've got coming oh, out. Oh, Jiminy Christmas, yes. And uh just we've talked about a couple Dominion um the I'm not watching con- uh, uh uh the Will Wheaton project but I heard mixed things about I've that. heard mixed things about it, but I realize I have to consider the source because some of the people that have been um, posting you know, on my Facebook feed, the people are like, well, I, I like you, but I don't necessarily think that you know, I would trust what what we find funny. Let's put it this way. What we find funny does not often coincide, yeah. so yeah. Um, it's quite possible that I'm just giving the itinerary, that um, you know, I it could be good. I have I just noticed that it is on Comcast on on demand, so I'm going to try to catch an episode this. Yeah, week. I watched part of an episode. He's he's doing his stand up comics chops. He's trying to he's doing like a Stephen Colbert thing with news articles and stuff. Okay, which you know it's okay. Um, Will's not a, he's he is a funny guy. Yes, but I don't know that it's going to be as successful as it might. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we shall see. We shall see. So what what came back for its second season and I was betting against it even though I enjoyed the series was series was Defiance. Which uh when it came out we were talking about how it was such a multimedia thing and that kind of dropped away but But apparently they've really roared it back online. And it's free to play online right now. So you can download the client and play in this this Defiance universe and watch the show and then the um they started up the show and it's it's a couple of months after like six months after the end of the last season there's been some character development mm-hmm. there's been some people who left and came back and it's really quite an engaging series i likened it to deadwood uh science fiction yeah, version think, of deadwood I think last year you did say that and yeah. i i continue to think that it's it's not it's not quite as shakespearean as deadwood was both in its dialogue and uh and machinations but for sci-fi, this is Hamlet. You know, this is this is astonishing. I, you know, sci-fi is supposedly making a better effort. Yeah, which is funny because it's like, really, at this point, what what tipped you off uh, that you needed to do this? And I feel that like I, I stopped I stopped watching it, but I need to kind of get back into it. Was Haven? Yeah, uh, and I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that fourth sh- season. I think it's fourth season. Yeah. When I was when I was watching Haven regularly, I enjoyed it. It's just one of those things again. You sort of like get busy and you walk away, and then too many episodes have gone by, and just kind of like again eh. based on Stephen King, the character. Colorado kid, yeah. but and not really. Yeah. If you've ever watched the show and read the book, yeah. so different. There's no point. Um, uh, it's just it's just nice to say put Stephen King's name on it sure. somewhere, but you know that's. Um, oh, the dome came back. Yeah, under the dome. Under right? the dome. Yeah, and. and uh, and the fourth season of Falling Skies, which I realized I missed the I just missed the entire third season. Apparently, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm, I'm going to say something, I, and I don't know. I watched the first couple of episodes of Falling Skies, and I just really didn't get caught up in it. I thought it was okay, yeah. but I didn't get caught up. But apparently, each season has had a different showrunner who has completely changed the rationale for the series. I I will buy that as a as a description of what's happened. Um, 
they they've they've not done a bad job in plotting it so that the the, the rationale works okay but them. see but i see like season four now appears to be v the, yeah and, and well basically the the it started off with uh pitiful yeah. humans against these aliens yeah yeah and then it became aliens and humans working against these uber aliens and now it's gone on to something else so yes because they apparently the other aliens that were helping them helping the humans were defeated out in space but like but like defiance and like dominion they are they are world building and they're yeah. world building unique and worlds that do within the realm of Within, but, without too much disbelief, suspension of disbelief, okay, but they I, work. I'm going to. I, this is where we get head to head. Is I feel like, okay, I'm all fine with that form, but if the content is not there, it's right. just like, you know, I actually even the remake of V did a decent job of world building. The problem was all the interesting parts of the world had happened ten years before. So you know, this is I got to have the content. You've got to give me a reason to come back. For me, it can't be about oh, what an interesting concept. Like I said, I'm fine right. with. Take an interesting concept, but I'm worried about when I hear a series has had four different showrunners in four different seasons because, like, one that killed me was Flash Forward. When you realize that the people that created the concept and created the essential mystery never bothered telling the people who took, the, over, the what people it was. took over what it was, and so anything built up, and truthfully, to some point, this was the problem with S.H.I.E.L.D., though they had a different reason for it, was they had to lie. If you had come up, if you, if Shield had been able to say from the beginning, this is Hydra, people would have paid more attention right. to those for early and episodes. I, I'm not disagreeing with but your criteria, and I would say, given that criteria, the show I would bet on is Defiance. I think they have the best characters and the best best, best plotting so far. Okay. So, yeah, because I think you know, Revolution got canceled, and when I was at WonderCon, I listened to some of the panel on, on Revolution. And went, oh yeah, Stephen Collins is now, is, is now on a series that I'd be interested in, but that wasn't the series that started. But they needed to tell that series. Yeah. They needed to show that beginning in order to get to where the series was interesting. But by that time, it's too late. Yeah, and so you know that's a problem. We got to figure that out. It's uh, kind of like the uh, Revolution ended with them amping up all the mysteries and exposing, and and they got into some like, wow, there's going to be some interesting stories now. No, they're not. Yeah. There's going to be a comic book. It's like Pushing Daisies. Yeah. I'm still waiting for Brian Fuller to get his Pushing Daisies comic. Well, that's all the time I literally have because i got to get up to San Francisco to see Transformers tonight um, and, and stop him and get a lot of coffee. And um, I, I, I just know it. I just know it. And um, anyway, if you are listening to us on iTunes, which you can, by the way, please subscribe. Please rate us. Please uh, tell your friends, if you, assuming you like us. I, I, I'm hoping you are, because you've made it this far. Uh, you can listen to us on the Stitcher app. You can find us at www.fanboyplanet.com. And uh, while you're there, if uh, you choose, if you see, we have a, we provided a page that will also include links to some of the things we've talked about. Of course, first, again, I encourage you to go to your local retailer, especially your smaller business owner, your comic shop, whatever, find that stuff there. And if they don't have it, then come back and order it on Amazon. Absolutely. I'm thinking about this and going like, you know, I guess really with Amazon, I find myself buying a lot of DVDs and Blu-rays that way because mm-hmm. I just don't have any place locally no. that I feel like I'm really supporting. Buy them digitally from I won't iTunes, do that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, and I'm sorry about that. It's like, I just can't do that. No. I, so, uh, you know, you can check us out there. Um, and, it, and while you're there, if you like what you're hearing and you'd like to support us, Thank you. Uh, kick in to uh, PayPal. 
love it. Just report just because hosting this isn't free and everything else we're doing kind of is and the interviews and other things we do. It's just everybody's out of the graciousness of their heart. Again, boy, two weeks ago, I'm still buzzing over John Lehman. Thanks, Nate. And uh, so, uh, no, it's, it's cool. And and I, I want to buy Legos. I started with Jason this weekend. I want to buy Guardians of Galaxy Legos and build those. Uh, um, so, we still have a few days left on our Lego movie giveaway. So, for gosh oh, sakes, yeah. enter that. Again, up to June 28th, I offered. Uh, I entered. Yeah, I know, but you can't win. I know. You, you, you're here. I still entered. Yeah. You can afford your copy of the movie. Uh, so, nice. yeah. I know we have we have a few other entries, which is great, but I'd like to see more. You know, it's a, it, it's fun um, and it's a fun movie. So uh, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of Fanboy Planet. I'm Nate Costin. I would like to remind everyone to pick up issue 12 retailer incentive variant of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles new animated adventures cover by my very own bro and friend of the program ben costa that's right not just friend of the program we consider ourselves friends no we don't maybe i don't know we do we are right i mean i see him at conventions say hey how you doing so yeah okay i've seen you call him bro uh, yeah i have uh, said bro and then realize my brother gets upset so uh yeah okay and and i'm rick brett snyder reminding you to Use, Use your, your powers, powers only, only for good. good. Or maybe Nate's employment. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you. Did you listen to the last No, I have not. I'm catching up on the other podcasts. Nate? Nate, you there? Nathan. Nathan. Did it say connected? It may not have connected. I don't know. No, it didn't connect. It's like I have this echo like it's a big empty room that we're calling into. Yeah. There he is. Hi, guys. Are you all set up? I'm all set. Got your headphones on? Okay. Got your headphones. Co- got your hot cocoa on. there? I think only... I got my cold water. I think I, uh, today the only person who's going to be, be able to participate in what's in the bag will be Rick. Did you uh, not- I have a list of what would be in my bag. Okay. I've got I've got stuff <laughs> I I've stuff that both of you I know both of you would have bought had you gotten there. Fa- fair enough. So I, I can just introduce it and you can talk about it. All right. All right. Fair enough. That's fair an enough. Interesting one. Okay. So uh did anybody was anybody able to get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the animated series 
They didn't have variant the, uh, cover by Ben Costa. They didn't have the variant. I'm yeah, sorry. Nobody. I haven't been to the store yet, so I wouldn't have bought that anyway. I mean, I would have wouldn't buy that magazine anyway. But if the, if I have if they have Ben's cover, I will buy it. I'm I'm counting on it and it, on the cover being collected in the first trade. <laughs> nobody has the cover up down here. So you need one, is what you're saying. Have you gotten on yeah. eBay yet? No. I mean, I could get it off of uh, my comic shop. They have it there. Yeah. Or Lone you can get Star. it from your brother. Well, he, apparently he says he doesn't think he gets any comps. So uh, when we get to that, we'll do we'll do a – I'll explain how we're going to do it. I've got, I've got it all planned, how we'll do uh, what's in the bag. So The male control freak in my world. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm the surprise person. Oh, control. Ooh, is Layman back in? I really wish I had read Batman Eternal when Layman called us. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I finished it. I I, oh. I got up to his last issue last night, and I read the, I read one through ten yesterday. Damn good. Yeah, it's really good. But I also agreed. It's like the only ones I really want to show let Luke read are Layman's. Yeah. Everything else got a little too dark. You bring in the Joker's daughter, and she's too freaky. Speaking of the Joker, Derek, did you watch the video I posted yet? I have not yet watched the video I watched that you posted. It. I'm sure it is brilliant. I heard somebody in the background <laughs> talking to yeah. you while you were recording recording off the TV. or I was recording it off of my laptop. I held my phone, phone up, up to, to, it. to the laptop speaker. I could visualize you standing there holding it up to it and then uh, working it into the picture later. Yeah, I... Uh... I tried to just post the audio straight onto YouTube, but it's a 3G. Even though it says they accept 3GPP files, it wouldn't accept the file. So then I had to just put a picture up and make a video out okay. of it. Oh, yeah. 3GPP files? Be right back. Yeah. Uh -oh. It's just the audio format. And it was fun to say PP file. PP yeah, file. they didn't want my PP file. Have you... Uh, do you have the, by any chance, the AMC uh, phone app? Uh, do I have AMC? No, I have Regal phone app. Okay, well, I, I was, the the AMC phone app, I just noticed Friday night <clears throat> when I had the kids and we went to see Maleficent that the AMC phone app has a segment, uh, has included and unfolded within itself the Run P uh, offer, which is that it... You 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 type in which movie you're seeing, and it will tell you when it is safe for you to go run pee. <laughs> That's awesome! Wow, it needs to do that through vibration. <laughs> I would say in May. I don't know, but I would say you know Hollywood. Here's your challenge back: make a movie so interesting that we you can't, can't afford to go run pee yeah okay <laughs> no that's gonna be a new rating series how many times can i go pee during this movie this movie is an 8p movie i will say when my son was was seven and went to see Cap the first captain america and, and it's like uh thanks to him i had to go run pee five times mm. that was with him you know yeah, he yeah. Had to, but uh yes not that captain america had a moment you could no but you know so all right Let's uh, as opposed to something like what was the movie the twenty eight or whatever the that one was the number it was the anthology not the anthology but the skit movie with all the famous actors oh movie forty For, yeah movie forty yeah, forty two I think maybe movie forty two yeah I don't um but James Gunn had one yeah I watched that on uh, actually though I still want to say if you see if you see it pop up and you're not 
you're not like expecting too much. Yeah, a lot of it is really fun. No, I, it's it's often that way. But I watched the first the first thing they did was just so dis- over the top disgusting. Which was the first one? Was that I the, can't remember. Was that the poop? It was probably Chris, poop. Chris Pratt. Yeah, having to poop on his wife's chest. Yeah, I think that might have been it. What movie are we talking about? A movie forty two or the oh. the Fairley Brothers compilation yeah. one. And right. when Hugh Jackman was a guy who had who had his testicles on his throat, that was that was what? funny for about thirty seconds, and then I just couldn't take it anymore. Okay, then here's what I advise you to go to. I think I was actually homesick that day okay, too. So, so, so try to close your eyes. To close your eyes through those sketches, there is a very funny sketch where they homeschool a kid. This couple homeschools a kid, and decides that they want to give him every. Opportun- experience that uh, oh yeah I saw that uh, yes. I saw that too so yeah, yeah. that one was damn funny the, the that abusive was clever behavior the abusive behavior students, and yeah. making out with his mom and oh, it's like yeah. oh, how, oh, the, oh I love that that yeah, was hilarious yeah. Um, yeah anyway okay go ahead so we should get started because you've yes. got a deadline yes you, you have a hard stop at 4.30 uh, it's a soft stop but I have to get up to San Francisco tonight okay for the boring I'm sure I'm going to see Age of Extinction but um, mm. they you know, it's one person in, and so it's at 7 o'clock, so I just got to get up there, you know. What's that one about? Transformers? Oh, oh Age of Extinction. Transformers, Age of Extinction. Extinction. I know, I'm just going. Age I, of Extinction. I'm, I'm hoping if I go in with the lowest expectations possible. It's Marky Mark, man. When I. <laughs> How can okay. you have anything but low expectations? I know. Okay, fair enough. But it's also Kelsey Grammer. Best movie, best movie since Planet of the Apes. But it's also Kelsey Grammer. Okay. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Let's let's begin. Yeah. We're recording, and so Nate. I'm ready in, when you guys are. In three, two, one. Listen up, fanboy. 